Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. You know, one of the things that a lot of people in the state of Tennessee, and especially in Lawrence County, where we live, deal with is opioid addiction. In fact, across the state, there are three deaths a day caused by opioid overdoses. Now, this is such a drastic problem that two years ago, an organization was founded in Lawrence County called the Lawrence County Substance Abuse Coalition. Now, this is a, a group, part of the county as well as part of a lot of the faith-based organizations, such as churches in the area that have kind of gathered together and said, this is a problem, we need to do something to stop it. And I am really excited that our church, the Lawrenceburg Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, about six months ago voted to join the Substance Abuse Coalition and unite our efforts in trying to make a difference in Lawrence County. And uh, we're trying to do a lot of prevention. Our church coming up probably this fall, we're, we're looking at starting a Celebrate Recovery program. So I'm really excited about the direction that this is going. But today, I'm excited f- that you're listening to this podcast because I have a couple people I want to introduce you to. The first person we're going to talk to is Jenny Golden. She is the director of the Lawrence County Substance Abuse Coalition, and she kind of shares a little bit about what the Substance Abuse Coalition is, what it does, what the need is, and then she introduces a guest that she brings along. His name is Jerry, and Jerry has an incredible, powerful story of God's work in his life. And I'm just so excited to let you hear both of these stories. And I hope you enjoy it and that you get a blessing out of it as well. Back in around 2014, um, the opioid epidemic was definitely rising. And so um, State Representative Barry Doss and T.R. Williams, our county executive, got together a group of concerned individuals to talk about how that was affecting Lawrence County. And through that, they were able to find some funding um, through the state, the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, um, to be able to plant a prevention coalition in our county. And a coalition in general is just a group of concerned individuals um, Mm -hmm. that want to make an impact. And so um, we are definitely prevention focused. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure I always tell the story of, um, you know, if the bridge is broken and someone continues to fall through that bridge, um, instead of standing um, at the water and catching those children as they fall through the bridge and, you know, throwing them a life jacket, well, the coalition goes and they go to the bridge, they assess the bridge and see what's going on and see why those children are Mm -hmm. even falling through the cracks, Mm -hmm. and then they fix the bridge. Wow, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's exactly what the Prevention Coalition is doing. the same time we are wanting to increase access and reduce barriers for those that those that are needing recovery efforts mm. we know that it's hard to, to talk to a child um, about never going down that road when when their family member is suffering from a substance use disorder themselves mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are um, getting that um, increased access as well so um, the the thing about the 
this county has had a wonderful response regarding um, wanting to help and and we are it's a multifaceted process that the coalition we don't necessarily have programs it's more of a process and basically it's a way of um, standing on a 50-foot ladder looking at what is going on currently mm -hmm. with our community um, and we back that with data uh, qualitative and quantitative data and then that way we can see are we making an improvement where are the gaps in our community what can we do to make relationships and collaborations better so that we can make Lawrence County the healthiest it can possibly be mm -hmm. and so we've had great success um, we formed um, I was hired June the 2016 and we kind of hit the ground running lots of education um, has has been given to the county but but I've myself has have tried to um, you know we've I've become a certified prevention specialist um, so we know more about the strategic prevention framework mm -hmm. and how we can make our roadmap to to strategically do things instead of just taking a shotgun approach and and trying to make a difference we really narrow in on what the issues are going on mm -hmm. and and try to make an action plan that's real boring right yes. I'm, I'm a, I'm a date this is a data um, driven very boring type of, of um, it, it's a wonderful job but it, it you kind of fall asleep when you start talking about that so that's why I brought lots of people with me and yes. the reason why is because um, we want to impact we want to make the biggest impact we can and um, this particular session is about stories of, mm -hmm. of hope um, and healing and, yeah. and we yeah. Even though the coalition is not by no means directly responsible for this story, when I met Jerry, um, and you're going to hear his story in a little bit, it, it to me made a perfect sense um, that it, it, I just wanted to share this is a great story of hope and healing and how he has turned uh, ashes into beauty, mm -hmm. really, and, and how he has um, decided to give back to his community, um, especially with children. And so I, I really wanted to bring him in and show others and give others a chance um, to think of how they can do the same thing in their community. Good, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing this. So, Jerry, you're here in the studio with us. Yes. Let's just say that uh, my bridge was broken. Yeah. It brings me to tears to talk about it. Uh, without going into a long, drawn-out story, uh, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to just uh, announce to your community all the bad things that you've done and the garbage and all. But uh, pretty much, people that knew me then uh, knew my garbage because I interfered with their lives and ruined uh, lots of lives and lots of people's lives, mm -hmm. including my own, mm -hmm. my children's. Uh, but I'm not here necessarily to talk about that. I will say that alcohol and drugs from the time I was 13 or 14 until the time I was 47 was, was my life. Mm -hmm. I picked it over everything. I gave, it, I gave everything away so I could have it. Mm -hmm. uh, five years ago, July the 12th will be five years, I died on the table of a heroin, heroin overdose. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, it was to the point, all my life I had tried to get myself better. And that's exactly what happened as I tried mm -hmm. to get myself better. My parents and my family and everyone tried. I'm sorry. I can't talk about it, Harley. It's uh, my pride and my ego gets in my way when I want to talk, talk about it to people around here where I live because I don't want them to know. I want them to know who I am now, not who I used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say that, that I, I harmed my children and my family and my community. It's... Uh, Arrested, got arrested a bunch of times, and just always in trouble, and always not doing what's right. Well, five years ago, let's—I don't even want to talk about the past. It's—it, 
I want to talk about what's happening now. Five years ago, I, I, uh, that happened, and I, I basically just didn't care if I could be around my family or my people or anything. I just wanted to go a day without alcohol and drugs. And uh, I just, I, when I woke up, uh, I just asked God, I said, will you please just take this away? And I had asked him for everybody else, that he, like my mom and my dad, I'd say, please just take this away from me. And my whole life, I'd always tried to do it for everybody else, and I had ran out of people. Mm. And I just, I just, I asked him, and uh, lo and behold, I, that happened, and I woke up down in Alabama in the hospital, and I didn't know who was around me, and I didn't know. I didn't have any money, and I, and I didn't have anybody around me that wanted to be around me, and all. I just, I just, things had to change. And they did. It's, it's like a, I remember when I went, <clears throat> one day I went all day long without thinking about the drugs and the alcohol. Yeah. And I was thinking, wow, that's pretty, pretty powerful. So to somebody who don't, has never been addicted to anything like I was, it's probably, you may think I'm crazy, but that's, that's your business, not mine. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, the cool thing about it is, is what happened was I didn't realize that, that it would all come back. Uh, to the good. I, at that time, five years ago, I thought that there was no hope. And I thought that, that everything, my, I mean, I, all day long I would think about all I had to look for, forward to was nothing good, you know. And just, it, I remember something, I don't remember exactly what had happened, but when it, this all first started, it, it, I said, and I recognized that God had been there for me when I was out there living in the streets and doing the things and being in the trouble in the places I had been. And, uh, when I realized that, I realized that, that he loved me and he cared enough about me to, that, that he had saved me. Mm -hmm. And with that, uh, fast forward a few years, it's, it's come to the point to where I, I used to go to the skating rink when I was uh, a kid every weekend. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to, to uh, release the skating rink and, and to share my story with those children that are, that are down there now. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's every weekend, one of them or two of them or ten of them even come in with the stories that you can see the stories in their eyes, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like I can see me in them. Mm -hmm. So if, if I can just help. Somebody said, you're not going to save all those people. It's not my responsibility to save all those people. My responsibility uh, is, I believe, in my heart is, 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 to, is to do set an example where they want to see Christ living in yeah. me. And, yeah. and that's, that's, what, that's what's happened. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of people that's really helped me. My family helped me when I was younger, tried to get me together and tried to get my life together. And I just wouldn't accept their help. Mm -hmm. you know? So my, my message is hope. My message is, is love and kindness and uh, surrendering my heart to the Lord and, and trying to make a difference in other people's lives. And, and what, even though I gave away everything to the devil, I believe in my heart's what I did. Uh, the good Lord has given me my, he's given me my life back, you know, yeah. Yeah. the same people that used to arrest me are, are people who are bringing their children down to the skating wow. ring and I have a food truck. They bring them there and, and we get to I actually get to serve those people today. Wow. Never wow. dreamed in my life that would, that would happen. Wow. That's just such a beautiful story of what God does with us. He, takes our brokenness and really shines through us and uses that to bring honor and glory to him and, and hope and comfort and healing to other people. So that's, that's a beautiful, powerful story. And what was kind of that, that turning point that, that made you decide that, that you wanted to pour into other people? Um, was there kind of a moment or was it just something that kind of gradually, gradually happened as you, as you went through the recovery process and, and, and it just happened? It's, I believe that was in my blood I've, because when I was young, I wanted to do that, mm -hmm. and I always wanted to help people. Even when I was 
needing help in my heart I wanted to help people but I just I, I didn't I couldn't do it in wow. the shape that I was in and, and for that matter you didn't want me yeah. doing it either <laughs> <laughs> wow wow it's a beautiful story thank you thank you um, yeah, yeah make a comment uh, this is Dr. Henderson I practiced family medicine here for 41 years took care of a, several people who had a similar problem particularly with alcohol. And one of the gentlemen that had a real big problem was out of Florence, Alabama. <clears throat> I was down there one day and went into the store where he was a salesperson. And he looked so good and great. And his wife had brought him up here to me probably five or six times, uh, having been on binges where he couldn't quit. And uh, he looked so good. And I said, what's made the difference? He says, you know, I have been clean. I haven't had any drink or anything for the last five, six years, whatever it was. And I said, what made the difference? He says, you helped me an awful lot. My wife helped me an awful lot. But I had to make up my mind that I was going to be different. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the problem is helping people to understand that there is another way, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that you've reached out to God. Because that's the answer. Yeah. We don't save anybody. All we can do is direct them to the deliverer, you know. And that's, that's the key. I, I heard a great quote that said, Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to realize that Christ is the rock at the bottom. Oh, wow. And wow. and I, it, that hit me, and, and I say it over and over again. Um, but what I love is that when others share their stories, it gives other people hope. They become a vessel and a vehicle to, to spread hope to others. And um, so I hope that this story um, ha has given people hope. I love that Jerry has decided he has a mentor himself here. Um, but he, I love that he has decided to be a mentor for other children. He mentioned to me that... He loved going, to, you know, to skate, and, and, and before he went down, um, you know, that path of destruction, that's what he was doing. He mm -hmm. loved to skate, and, and he wanted to try to put that um, and, and feed into other children to make sure that they had something to do instead mm -hmm. of turning to that, mm -hmm. and that's wonderful. Thank you for yeah. what you're doing for this community. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Jerry, let me ask you a question. At the age of 13, I think you said, somewhere in that age group, what got you started on that pathway, different from what you had wanted to do? What seemed to be the trigger that pushed you over? For me, it was just, I just, someone had a store that had a cooler in it, and we would go back in the cooler and get the beer, and, and that, as soon as I drank it, it was, it, the feeling never stopped until I finally, until five years ago. I tried over and over and over, uh, several times, yeah. to get some help. And would always, I would always uh, think it's. It's. I read in a magazine the other day. I was looking, and it said it's talking about a man climbing Mount Everest, and he. It showed a picture of him. He was standing at the top of the mountain, and he had his arms up, and his face was frostbitten, and he had made it to the top, right? And the caption underneath it said, "Don't be deceived. Uh, Ninety-nine percent of the people that get killed climbing get killed on the descent." And that's what my life was like. I would get mm -hmm. to the top and I would think, look what I've done. You yeah. know, look at me. I'd get, there was spells where I would do okay. And I'd have my arms up and I'd be at the top of the mountain. And then when I'd start off the mountain, I'd be thinking about what I had done mm -hmm. and the difference. The only time I've ever really put my heart into asking God to help me is this time. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. Now my life is not like 
a mountain, mountain like up and down like it was. It's, right. you know, I, I, I can, you know, lay my head down and sleep yeah, yeah. and have some peace in my heart and not have to run from the law or from you or yeah. my parents or everybody in my family. Everybody, I ran from everybody. I hated life. Yeah. Wow. And, and today I don't hate life. I love, I love the people around me. I hated everybody. Truthfully, yeah. I did. And come to find out, it was, it was, it's now I live a life where, I, I mean, people, I have things in my life that are happening now that I shouldn't hate anybody, but I should, I should certainly dislike them. Yeah. But it's it's not like that. It's like I'm trying to, I can see me and them, and that's why I want to help them. Because yeah. I know how it is to be there. You know, Jerry is such an inspiring individual, and it was such a privilege to get to meet him, to get to talk with him um, a little bit before the recording and then after we had finished recording, just hanging out in the studio and just talking about his dreams, the things that God has placed in his in his heart to do for people, and, and just how he longs to show Christ's love to those around him. And, uh, and it's just so inspiring, and I hope a little bit of that was able to rub off through this recording and that you were able to be inspired by his testimony, as well as Jenny. I just want to thank her so much for everything that she's been doing with the Lawrence County Substance Abuse Coalition, and uh, she really has a passion to make a difference and to change, change things there in Lawrence County. Our episode next week is going to be part four on the life of Daniel. We're going to be covering Daniel chapter three, and it's just an inspiring story of faith that I find in the Bible. And this one obviously isn't about Daniel. If you're familiar with the story, it's about his three friends and kind of the test that God puts them through about who are they going to worship and how true and faithful are they going to be? And are they willing to sacrifice their lives in honor and devotion to God. And just that's an incredible story. And I can't wait to share it with you as Dr. Henderson and I have a conversation about Daniel chapter three. And uh, here's a clip from next week's episode. So this was a challenge that they were kind of putting out. Yeah. Your God versus our God. Yeah. Yeah. But they were willing to still trust their God, right? Even if He chose not to save them, right? And that's just powerful, you know, because because we can, when we think about serving God and obeying God, you know, a lot of times we think about the benefits and the protection that He wants to give and right. you know, things like that, and it's real faith in Him if we are willing to say, even without any of that, we'll still serve You, right? That conversation is coming next week right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. I want to thank you so much for listening this week. If you haven't already, go to iTunes, search for us in Apple Podcasts, Stories of Faith and Hope. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Um, We're found online at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. The music was provided by Dexter Britton. And I just want to thank you once again for listening and want to remind you to listen again next week. And in the meantime, have faith and hope.